The issues and views discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast are the sole opinions of the guest or host and do not reflect the views of any agencies or government offices. Persons discussed on the show may be fictional or exaggerated for comedic purposes. The Roll Call Room podcast is not responsible for any injuries sustained while listening to include but not limited to busting a gut, laughing until you cry, nausea, crying until you laugh, alcohol poisoning, and a sudden and intense dislike for those named Steve. Please use caution while operating a motor vehicle, as the podcast is not liable for any traffic violations or damage. This podcast is rated explicit, and listener discretion is advised. Epstein didn't kill him. The thing about life is, it's not always easy, and you can't always win. At some point of your life, it hits you. It hits you really, really hard. The person you love doesn't love you back. You get fired. You lose a family member. At some point of your life, you're going to hit rock bottom. You're paralyzed. You're like, why? And that why can really, really destroy you. Once you start asking yourself, why me? Why not the others? Why me? I'm actually a good person. I never did something significantly bad. Why the hell did it hit me? Because that's life. Life is unfair. Success is not measured on the days when the sun shines. Success is measured on the dark, stormy, cloudy days. And if you can't absorb failure, you're never going to meet success. Sometimes it takes things falling apart for better things to fall into place. Sometimes it takes the most uncomfortable path to lead your life to the most beautiful place. There's going to be bad days, there's going to be dark days, but you got to embrace it because that pain is what makes you stronger. Failure is what makes you stronger. You have to accept those down times because once you realize those down times are just as much part of life as anything else, you're able to strive again. You will never see the purpose of the storm until you see the growth it produced. You'll never understand why you went through what you went through until you see the strength, the power, the resilience that it built inside of you. Ask yourself why, but this why is a better why. Why am I doing this? Why am I failing? Why am I even getting myself in a situation where I could fail? Because I have a dream. Because I have goals. And the more you're thinking back to those original goals, the easier it is for you to get back up and say, all right, it might be difficult. It might be painful. It might be stressful. There might be no people that believe in me, but I believe in myself. You know, it might have been the case that you should have gone through that harsh breakup, that you should have gone through that heavy loss, just in order to find something even better. But the only way to get to that even better is to get back up and work 
to get back up and put yourself out there again and arise from that again stronger, better, smarter, ready to grasp that new opportunity. You gotta believe the tables in your life will turn. That pain will become power, that weakness will become strength, and that confusion will become peace. Better things are coming for your life. Every day is a new beginning. It's time for you to start treating it that way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Roll Call Room Podcast. And now your host, Nick and Mike. Epstein didn't kill himself. Episode of the roll call still Ring. around. It's that hash, eh? We ain't going anywhere, eh? <laughs> Got a big story. Gonna break it wide open. Hold the press, <laughs> uh, uh, folks. Welcome to episode thirteen. <laughs> Lucky thirteen. I am your host, Nick. Co-host Miguel. 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 I am so ecstatic that we are back for another episode. Mike. Yeah, man. It's incredible the amount of feedback that we are getting. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah, I'm getting some really good emails, man. And, Dude. Um, I, uh, I feel bad because I'm always telling you to plug our email and I've never checked it. Well, folks, uh, full <laughs> transparency there. Um, we get this email from this gentleman that I'm going to read in a minute. And I uh, he sends it to me and Mike. So my email address is nick at rollcallroom.com. And Mike's email is mike at rollcallroom.com. And I said, hey, Mike, we got, a, we got an email. Check your roll call room email ASAP. And he calls me and I'm in the car. And uh, he goes, listen, I feel really embarrassed about this. I don't know what my password is for my email, so I can't read that email. And I was like, you know, I'm going to talk about that on the podcast. No, don't talk about it. Don't do me like that, Don't bro. do me like that. <laughs> I never, I create this email. What are you for, doing? You got like 5,000 emails yeah, in there. Man. I was like, I was like, so all these doing? emails and articles that I send you at seven o'clock in the morning, you're not getting them? I got him now. Yeah. Well, I text you too. I do both. You do. You do. Like at six o'clock in the morning, I'm like, he's got five kids. He's got to be up. I'm always up, bro. Always uh, up. So I get this email um, and I'm going to change things around because uh, folks, if you do send us an email, uh, please do me a favor when you're sending an email, say whether or not we can read it on the air Yeah, uh, that you authorize because we can't for legal purposes, we can't read it without getting your authorization. So that's a legal mumbo jumbo. The other thing is, is, uh, understand that if you send us something, we're not going to use your real name and we're not going to use where you're from. Okay. So anonymity is really important to us, uh, because we don't say where we're from. So I get this, uh, email 
uh, from this gentleman, and I want to read it. It says, gentlemen, I am not a podcast guy, never have been, but when a coworker told me about your podcast, we sat down and listened to it. I loved it. When you spoke, it hit home. Uh, I love your leaders series, and I am looking forward to hearing more. And di- diversion from that, there will be more. Uh, a little bit about me. I have been a cop for eight years. Uh, I broke in with the California State Highway Patrol, where <laughs> I became a crash recon guy and DRE. An opportunity opened up in my hometown in Alaska, and I jumped on it. Since transferring, I have seen myself become more and more callous. Uh, I was told by my DRE, uh, I was told my DRE wouldn't work for the department. I was uh, then told that the crash recon would cost too much money. At first, I took it. After a while, it started to bother me. I became an FTO, which I love doing, to use my talents and share with them as I w- wasn't able to properly use them from day to day. Uh, I am a top producer in my agency, and when my when a sergeant's position opened, uh, I jumped on the opportunity. I didn't get the, uh, the position. It bothered me some more. During this time, I had a shitty work week going to nine dead bodies in a row. Uh, fucking Man, bothered me. Holy shit. Yeah. I couldn't use my DRE, my crash recon. I didn't get the promotion and a shitty black cloud. I know something about that. Uh, I have a great wife and two kids at home, which are a great support, but she doesn't get it sometimes. I finally got out of the funk and realized life is more important than just going to work every fucking day. Then I listened to your podcast about leaders, and I just wanted to thank you for using your platform to help others in blue. I have known that you can be a leader wherever you are, but hearing it from you guys really hit home. I really wanted to thank you for the podcast. Keep up the good work and stay safe, Steve. And not Steve, Steve, Steve. I just made that up. Um, First of all, I got a couple of things. One, I hear you, brother. I've been through it and I'm going through it. So I hear you. Okay. Black clouds, eventually they disappear. At least I hope they do. Um, The wife thing, bro, you got to sit down with her because it's going to manifest. It's going to get worse. You have to sit down with her and tell her that you don't think that she understands. And I'm telling you from, I, from experience. I got yeah, something real quick yeah, on that. Because it's something that I learned. And we had to go through therapy through this, uh, marriage counseling or whatever. Um, and that was because, you know, my wife's biggest complaint were, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Ah, uh, yes. Right? It's yes. not what you say, it's it. And then she runs around the house. Mike, is it a felony or misdemeanor? You know what I mean? Like, you have wow. to get so angry about it. You know I like I mean? that. Yeah. God, I know she, she is so smart. She is. I love yeah, her. Yeah, she she's sweet. I love her. She's crazy. No, anyways, she's um, girl. she is. She is. She's crazy for being with me. Her crazy matches my crazy. But anyways, um, so yeah, man. So get it, get it, get have those conversations because it's hard. What I found, it's like you know, it's almost like trying to reason with a drunk person. You're never going to come to an end. Yeah, yeah. So it's always good to have that third person come in and say who pretty much regurgitates what you're saying and repeats it back to you. Right. And then regurgitate, even though you guys are in the same room. And yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. No, so what are you saying? But they, what they do is, and hear me out on this guys. It's not completely, it's not like, my bitch is stupid. Seriously. I thought about that for a long time. And mm-hmm. then I got to a good place. We got to a good place with this as far as boundaries go mm-hmm. and communication got better. And as far as not boundaries in a sense that I'm out here cheating on my wife and shit and I need boundaries. No, 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 no. That's not, that's, there's different types of boundaries. There's 
conversational boundaries. There's like we're in controlling boundaries, not that we're beating our wives and controlling all their movements. Right, right, right. But right. our way is always the best way. Right. And that creates conflict, right? Because it's like your wife's a human being. She's a, she's an adult. She's going to make her own decisions. Yes. And you got to be respectful of that because it's a partnership. It's not a right. fucking dictatorship, right? Right. And us as cops, we don't get that. Right. And we don't have anyone having those meaningful conversations with us like, hey, don't stop being a fucking dick, bro. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but being I, a dick, it's your tone, dude. Like, I can hear it in your voice because sometimes you'll catch me and uh, I'm on the phone and I say something and then you're like, bro, what's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, I do that and a lot. You're like, like oh, whoa, 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 bro, man, fix bro. your tone. She's going to kill you. Yeah. Don't. I'm like, bro, the speed limit's 25. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. And it's like we catch ourselves. We don't even realize. But you know why it. we do that as cops is because we're always right uh, for the entire shift. Yeah. And then you go home. Yes. 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 And you have bro. opposition that you can't punch in the face or tase. <laughs> so you're like, wait a minute. But I'm the king of the castle when I go to work because my word is definitive. Like what I say is the final, final word. Right. And you can't be like that. You can't. And I'm telling you, bro, I'm telling you, Steve, you got to sit down with her. You guys have to go to counseling. I know you're probably going to be like, what the fuck, man? I'm telling you, it's going to manifest because if you don't have that outlet at home, you're going to stop talking to her. She's not you're going to be like, she can't relate to it. Um, don't do that, man. Don't. Because it sounds like with two kids, it sounds like you guys are, you, you know, you're in a marriage, bro. So. Listen to me when I tell you, you got eight years on. I only have like almost 15 on. So, uh, you know, and I'm not one of these guys that have 25 years on. So listen to me when I tell you this. Everything happens in waves. And I truly and honestly believe that um, it's going to be so corny. I always believe that when one door closes, another one opens. Because in my last year, in my agency coming back after I resigned, it came back. I've had door after door after door slammed in my face. Mm -hmm. And you can do one of two things. You can walk around the hallways and you can bang your feet and you can be pissed off at the world. And you know what? It's only affecting you. It's not affecting those people that are backdooring you. It's not affecting the velociraptors, mm -hmm. um, which last episode I told you what the definition was. It's hilarious. I think that might. <clears throat> yeah, that was our Jurassic Park episode. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so I emailed this guy back. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. And I said, uh, I said, uh, dude, no, I'm just, I'm not going to say the name, bro. Uh, thank you, my brother. We're, we're here with you. Uh, leaders and near leaders is near and dear to us because it's personal. Uh, we've all been fucked over many times without no rhyme or reason. Uh, we, but we are here to take it to the next level. Um, it's a phenomenal cops like us out here, um, that are leaving the profession at an alarming rate, but it's our civic duty to serve our community it's our calling this is where we want to be this is what we deserve this is where we deserve to be mm -hmm. we're taking our profession back one podcast episode at a time i like that there are more leader episodes to come this will never go away um certain people listen and they love it and that's all that matters i'll leave that at that and then there's a ton more to come stay in touch and we exchange cell phone numbers oh wow yeah so he hit me oh, back yeah. yeah he hit me back and he said um um uh, I, and I told him, I said, keep your family first, stay safe. And he said, um, I got strong faith in a family that supports me. I've, I face demons, but none that have led down to this to, for me to self harm myself. Mm. Uh, with that being said, I never understood law enforcement suicide until recently. Generally speaking, we get shit on 
by the lowest 10% of the population mm. at their lowest 10%. Yeah. Right. Nice. This guy's fire, dude. Good job, Steve. After <laughs> John. John. Uh, yeah, I don't like that getting, I called him Steve. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, John. After getting shit on the uh, population, we get shit on by Steve's in our department, oh, including administration. Nice. Shocker. Then, here's the point. Commander then Steve. we go home and we carry all that weight with us at the end of the day to our significant other. Mm. And that, who that pisses off and is more upset um, of what we did or didn't do. Mm. Not wanting to deal with it, we brush it off and tell ourselves, I'll deal with it later. Mm. Later comes and we can continue to push it off and later goes. And some go to drinking, some do poor coping mechanisms, and it unravels and deeper demons come out. And eventually we don't recognize who we are or where we are which leads to a poor solution, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Mm. Yeah. And then he said, a problem that can be fixed, but let's face it, it's a lot of work and a daunting task. Mm. I love it. I love the content. I love the podcast. And continue doing what you're doing. Man, thank you, Fucking John. legit, dude. I appreciate that. That. <clears throat> thank He's God got I, it. Yeah, exactly. It. And that's, if that, that's, that's, that's what it's all about, bro. And John, if you're listening, which I know you are, now it's your job to get five more people to listen to the Roll Call Room podcast. Like and share, share and like. Like and share, man. Um, you know, we're just, like I said last episode, we're just <clears throat> two knuckle draggers. We're just two road dogs sitting in a in a friggin' room drinking whiskey and bourbon and Zimas. And Tell them the truth. <laughs> Zimas. And that's a blast from the past, right? <laughs> yeah, Zima, dude. Did, be honest. Did you drink Zima? I tried one. No, be honest. No, I, I tried one, bro. I'm not a Zima guy. I don't, I don't like know. you lying to me. I'm not a Zima guy, dude. No, no, never have been. Nope, I did. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. I think. It was what do you good. drink? White Claw? No, I actually <laughs> never had one of those. Are they good? Really? I don't know. I don't drink that shit, dude. Yeah, I'm like bourbon kind of guy. I don't know, man. I started stepping up my my uh, liquor game when I started smoking cigars. Ooh, mm-hmm. I was talking to a cigar mm. company that I'm trying to get to. to well, uh, what the hell, bro? I don't want to ruin it, but um, all right, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah, we if got. If you're listening, cigar company, hurry up, and we can say your name. We got eighteen thousand listeners. <laughs> a lot of them like cigars. Yeah, come on. Cops man. love cigars. Yeah, we do. Like legit, like we cigars. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff, man. Yeah, it's good, yeah. You know, so not all the time, but so, um, yeah. So a lot of fan mail coming in. A lot of you know, we don't get to a lot of them. You know, like our big supporters, Rocks for Leos, Heather, Griff, Girly Girl, um. Uh, Drunken Medical Stories. I love uh, Terry. She's awesome. Uh, Allison, uh, Kimber King, Haley. Um, I'm trying to remember anybody else. Did I miss anybody? I probably Rocks did. Rocks for Leo's. Rocks for Leo's, I said. Come on. Um, um, I don't know. You know who you are. We yeah, love you. well, you know who you are. We love um, you. Thank you. So on, on the other, on the flip side, on um, changing gears here to... Um, I don't want to dampen the mood, but this is the reality that we live in. Um, on December 10th, Tuesday, December 10th, uh, Detective Joseph Seals with the New Jersey City Police Department. We have the Officer Down Memorial page here. Detective Joseph Seals was shot and killed at 12.30 p.m. in Bayview Cemetery after encountering two subjects, a man and a woman in a van that was linked to a homicide in Bayonne, New Jersey. During the encounter, Detective Seals was shot in the back of the head. The two subjects then fled in the stolen van and eventually barricaded themselves inside a kosher grocery store 
on Martin Luther King Drive. They murdered three people inside the store and then engaged responding officers in a prolonged shootout for several hours in which two officers were wounded. Both subjects were eventually shot and killed by officers during the shootout. A live pipe bomb was later found inside the van the two had abandoned before entering the store. It is believed the subjects were part of a radical religious movement, held anti-Jewish and anti-law enforcement views, and specifically targeted the kosher grocery store in an act of religious terrorism. Detective Seals had served with the Jersey City Police Department for 13 years. He had served in law enforcement for a total of 18 years. He is survived by his wife and five children. I get these every day, bro. And um, this one hurt deep. And this close, not only is it close, you know, close yeah. to home. Yeah. Um, but I read that and we're close in age and he's got five kids just like I got five oh, kids, bro. Man. And that, that I bring, I bring this up. We talk about this and not to be, but this is the, like people for our civilian listeners, they don't understand how this affects us. Mm-hmm. You know, we see these things and it's been, I mean, it's been bad. You know, people are blatantly shooting it out with officers. You know, this was a setup from jump. I, I heard, I'd heard he was just doing a canvas for a homicide that had, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A detective, you're doing mm-hmm. a canvas and you go to talk to these two people and they execute you right there. I mean, what the fuck, man? Yeah. This one hurt deep, man. Like, I saw pictures of um, his family and stuff. The his family, family and he stuff. He just had a baby recently. He just had a baby, yeah. But the main reason why this this one also hit home is because we're going back to the message, and you sent me the message from the guy from Jersey City that yeah. emailed us. Yes. And said, hey, and this is what, <clears throat> this is what hit home. You got it? You going to pull I'm, it up? I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to find it. Um. Just bear with me because it's, no. it's just so many, dude. There's just so many of you emailing and stuff, and we appreciate it. Um, it's just I, I got to screenshot these because it gets harder and harder to <sighs> gets harder and harder to 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 keep track of all of these. So um, uh, I'll I'll pull it up sometime through this episode. I'll pull it up. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the the what it pretty much stated was that. You know, hey, um, you know, Jersey City giving you guys a shout out. I was listening to your podcast on my way into work this morning. Mm. And I didn't think this pretty much I didn't think this was going to happen. And we lost a really good one today. So I'm like every morning I get in that car, I throw on the podcast and I listen. And you people just don't. And, and we as law enforcement is roulette for us out here every day. You never know. You know what I mean? Like you never you never know. So yeah. You got it. I got it. Um, it was through Facebook uh, on our Facebook page, the Roll Call Room Podcast. Uh, hey guys, listen to episode nine on my way to work today in New Jersey. As we know, in this career, we'd never, uh, never would have thought I'd be involved in something that someday, just an hour later, um, lost a good cop in Jersey City today. Lots of guys, pretty shaken. Keep up the podcast, and we'll keep spreading the awareness of it. Stay safe. Um, man, I, I can't even begin to imagine what you're going through. Yeah, we're um, praying for you guys. You guys got our support, man. Our yeah, thoughts, seriously. Um, it doesn't fall on deaf ears. It doesn't. And and and, and the other thing is, is that um, there's a couple other fallen officers over the last uh, couple of weeks, and, and we're not downplaying that. But this one, 
Um, this one really hit home. It's very close to my um, my hometown and Mike's hometown. Um, and the guy's just a, this guy's just a good five guy. Kids, I mean, five bro. kids. Like, Come on, bro. You know, it's just, you know, this is the kind of stuff that makes me rethink being a cop. Like, how much longer do I have? Yeah. You know, like, like I said, how much more do I want to see this? <clears throat> I mean, it's roulette out there, man. But it, it really again, is. It, it really ties into last episode with Legacy. You know, these guys are singing his praises. They're they're pushing it out to us. Every, everything's positive about him, um, you know, and about Joseph. And I don't know, man. It's surreal, man. For them to actually be listening to what we're putting out there and then say they get into a shooting. People need to understand, you know, the, I, I, said, you know I was in a you know, restaurant. I was ordering my food. I look up at the TV and it was like Telemundo and... They put this story out, and they put two more stories out about law enforcement and shootings, the naval shootings that have happened on base, right? Yeah. Those contractors pretty much got killed and executed. And people are like, oh, well, that's, you know, either thank God for the police or that's their job. They signed up for it. No, we go through an academy. We don't go through fucking boot camp. Yeah. That's a fucking war zone. Yeah. People need to understand this, hey, dude. Did you see the video for his thing? The the post video of... um. You know the shootout with these these scumbags. These these. No, I didn't see the video, but what I did hear was the fucking radio audio. Nah, dude, you got of watch them the screaming video. for more magazines and taking an elevated position to yeah. put more rounds into this place. Did you see that female sergeant? Yeah, she went and got the guy who was shot in the arm. What a fucking warrior! Yeah. What a warrior! Yeah, that that video is a prime example of a, a real fucking leader. Her her officer was shot in the shoulder. Uh, he's bunkered down behind a parked vehicle shooter, no more than hundred yards away, firing rapid fire. She runs up, she grabs him, She loses him. Like she breaks free from, she goes right back and she grabs him. She's dragging his ass back and good wow. for him. He was still in the fucking fight. He had his gun out. Mm -hmm. He was ready to go. Um, the video is chilling of, uh, just nonstop rapid fire. Just pop, 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 pop. I mean, these guys were fucking uh, yeah, ready to go. Yeah, they were fucking Fallujah. Yeah, they, were they, were having a they were having a legit shootout with SWAT team's response and everything else. For them to be barricaded up in there, they had that plan for months, bro. Months. That's crazy. And they're walking around here. We're walking. They're walking right by us. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they, they had this shit planned for months. People need to understand, like, you know... Those officers could have been those. They, they did it by choice. They yeah. could have gotten them. Nope, I don't get paid enough for this, yeah. and walked away from the gunfight. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Is it cowardice? You would have been charged criminally. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but you would have left with your life. Yeah, but there, that's called it's valor. It's valorous, man. Yeah, you know they're stepping out there. It's an act of valor. They're like, fuck it, man. I'm committed. I'm here now. This enough is enough. We're gonna stop this. You know they murder one of our own. It's personal. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, those guys came <clears throat> in full force, man. They were. Even the NYPD came to Jersey oh, yeah. City. I saw that it's right shit, over the man. bridge. That was crazy. Yeah, I'm watching Everybody's the video coming, and I see bro. an NYPD. Everybody's Tahoe. I was like, "Holy shit! Yeah, you're getting fucked up now. <laughs> yeah, you are fucking getting oh, shit, man. I mean, they came with that fucking the, tank. You guys coming over there, dude? Man, they they're... straight diehard it. Yeah. They just fucking drove that tank right through the front, and they were like, "Nope, nope, nope." Well, that's the thing, man. I mean, and we'll get into an episode, and I don't want to digress from this and honoring him too much, but. You know, it, that's the thing. People are like, oh, let's, you know, they, they're too military, military, man, I'm not even saying this. Militaristic. Militaristic. Well, that's the shit that happened yeah. with Ferguson. Exactly. They they're, wanted to take away all the They look too aggressive. And, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And then go in there with what? 
Squirt guns? And, and that's what gets me was you, the civilians. a negotiator to talk them out? Yeah. You this, fucking just executed a cop? Are the you civilians that were all up in arms about, you know, police officers having APC units, tanks. Like, yeah, military kids in the yeah. fucking school mm-hmm. getting shot. Yeah. Who do you think is going to go up there? Yeah. What do you think, my Crown Vic or my fucking Ford Taurus is going to take fucking two, two, Bro, three not rounds? Not to mention, our, our, you know, you know, our vests aren't rated to deal with nah. fucking high-powered rifle rounds. Nah. Nah. They're not. We don't have level three. I my mean, ve- some, my some vest, do. My, I, I carry a slip-in. Yeah. But other guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're not, we're, how many people are like, oh, well, you, if you think, and officers are going to get a chuckle at this, if you think, if civilian listener, you think we're equipped like some fucking small army? No. No. <laughs> you got to fight for more we're magazines. We're equipped with what budget allows us to be Correct. equipped with. Correct. Correct. Which is a shotgun and maybe an M4 Correct. carbine rifle, something. And that's about it. And, oh, well, it, we got this because the pricing was right and whatever the request for proposal was the cheapest bidder. Yeah. But what Beyonce and, and Jay-Z are out there bitching about law enforcement, but they don't... Yeah, boots they, on the they, ground they don't, they don't stopping and frisk yeah. and they're complaining. Yeah. I'm like, get the fuck. Are you kidding? What do you think? Come out here and police. How do you police in a war zone? Yeah. You tell me. And and half the officers out there have uh, ballistic vests on that basically all it does is make it easier for the coroner. It, you know, like it, yeah. it just... It's not going to... It's not going to stop anything. It's just no. going to make the wound a little bit easier to fix at the at the funeral home so mm-hmm. you know these vests are not cheap a lot of these small agencies can't afford that shit they yeah. have like level one exactly. level two that basically exactly. stops a potato gum you know like yeah. it's not it, it, it's it's ridiculous man it's We're absolutely not, ridiculous so my thing is i don't want to trash honoring on. yeah in honoring detective seals of the jersey city police department you know you're you're, you're you know you're thinking about your family you're thinking about your wife thinking about you you're thinking about your brothers and sisters in law enforcement. Um, it's a ripple effect, man. It's a ripple effect. But this guy went down, you know, in a freaking war, you know, as a battleground. Yeah. You know, we're not equipped for that, man. We're not. That could have been any one of us going, listen to the iPad and then going, uh, the podcast um, going in and then that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's it. That's every day. Every day. And people don't realize that they, I don't know, man. People don't realize it, but the funeral, man, the last in the line of duty death funeral I went to, the procession, the funeral procession was miles long. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been to a New York City funeral? No. Dude, oh my God. It is. It I saw is, the one uh, where they all turned their backs on de Blasio for good reason. Fucking I support awesome. them a thousand percent. That's awesome. When he got up there. That guy's a snake. Yeah. Fucking. Wilhelm. Wilhelm. <laughs> Walter Wilhelm, but but yeah, the funeral, you know, the the procession, man. They, I mean, in the line of duty, death is just it's hard, man. You know, I I've you know the um you know there was a prince, you know Prince William Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. Prince yeah. William County Virginia, yeah. Ashley Gwinden. Yeah, that was bad, man. First day, first on, the job. day on the job, bro. Mm-hmm. First call for service on evening squad. Jesus. Domestic, right? The guy shot her at the front door. He had murdered his wife inside and then shot her at yeah. the front door of the other house. And first shot day. two other officers, I think. Yeah. First call, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, first day, first, first call. First day, first call. Killed. Yeah. Yeah, that funeral, that that one I went to, wow. And everybody, would like, you know, I think the state police came in and ran their calls and everything. I mm-hmm. went to that one. I was in investigations. Man, bro. 
I mean thousands. Yeah. Thousands of people, man. Standing room, bro. That's how I want it. Yeah. If I go out that way, man, me too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got you. <laughs> yeah, I got you, bro. I got you. I got you. Well, we're going to take a break, and then um, we're going to come back and... Uh, yeah, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're I'm going to tell a little bit of a personal story. Want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you can get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to rollcallroom.com to pledge today. Girl and she's on fire. Hotter than a fantasy. Lonely like a highway She's living in a world and it's on fire Filled with catastrophe But she knows she can fly away oh. Alright, we are back from break Alright, Mike I love that song I oh, know, it's good I love this song Yeah, my daughter loves this song Mike, yeah, buddy. I think it's been almost three years since I've heard that song. Yeah, and uh, you know, talking about Detective uh, Jill Seals um, as a sergeant, I've been very fortunate where I haven't had to deal with a line of duty death, um, but I've had to deal with one of my officers uh, unfortunately dying. Um, so I'm gonna start from the beginning. Solid, solid female cop. Um, uh, uh, you can honor her by saying her name, bro. Yeah. So, uh, Nikki, she uh, she was a solid cop. She was a cop's cop. She was fantastic. Former, um, she was in the Army. She did uh, 23, 24 years in the Army. And then she came and she joined us. And when I was a sergeant, when new people would come to the agency, I would always... always look and see future leaders or people that I thought would be good in the unit that I supervised. And very early on, she had a really good field trainer, um, Rich. And um, Rich and I were really good friends. We were an honor guard together. And um, I, I would talk to him all the time and I would see her and I would go on calls and I would see how she would act in field training. And she was, mm -hmm. she had very good command presence. Oh yeah. So when it was time for her, when she was eligible to put in for my unit, which was the community policing unit, I encouraged her to put in because one, she was a solid officer. And two, I always believe in women empowerment and elevating women in law enforcement. I think it's very, very important. And we don't mm -hmm. have enough of that. Mm -hmm. um, so 
uh, told her the process was going to open, told her put in. She put in. She did pretty good. She did well. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I was going to take her, so I took her. And she was a, she was a ball of fire. She was yeah. fantastic. Uh, one day, she comes into my office, and she's like, um, no, I'm not feeling real good. And I'm like, okay. And that's not her. She was like a grunt. You know, she was tough, tough yeah. as nails. And she's like, I'm just not feeling good. Like my, like my stomach hurts and everything hurts. And I'm like, okay. Well, I said, you know, let's well, take the day, go, go to the doctor and, you know, um, you know, take the day, just give me a slip and go. Uh, probably like two hours later, my phone rings and, uh, she's like, I have cancer. And I, uh, I didn't really, didn't really, com- you know, compute. I just was like, all right, well, we'll, we'll you know, we'll take some medicine and she'll be yeah. fine, you know? Yeah. And, um, radiation and chemotherapy, that's what she had to take. I took her to every single appointment, every single appointment, pick her up, pick her mom up. Her mom was from out of state. She came, flew in and she stayed with her through the whole thing. And took her through all of her, her treatments. Stayed outside when she was getting treatment. Um, after treatment, we would always go to McDonald's. And uh, she always wanted a strawberry shake. She said it made her feel good. So that's what I would do. I took her. A lot of your guys in the unit would help out too, right? Yeah, my guys. Created, you created a schedule. Yeah, created a schedule. So she was had as much support as possible. Right. I remember she, that. She never ever um, went without never, without one of our guys, yeah. and our, our 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 team was just a solid bunch of guys. Like, um, yeah, it rocked them to the core, and um, but I didn't let it bother me because I had I had my guys to worry about, and I hadn't. Nikki to worry about. So, uh, day comes, she gets her last, uh, chemo and, and radiation. And then she goes for a PET scan and the PET scan comes back negative. So she's clear. And, um, man, do we celebrate? So, you know, we, we high fived and now going to get back to work where she wants to be. And, uh, so I get her back to work get her off of light duty. I get her back to work. Uh, first day on the job, I, I schedule um, a barbecue in her neighborhood for inner city kids. Um, public housing. And she looked great. You know, like she still had bald hair and she used to wear these like goofy glasses because they were free from the military. Yeah, rec specs. Yeah, <laughs> rec specs. Yeah. And um, so she's back for like a month and uh she comes in my office again and she's like, you know, I'm just not feeling right. You know, like I'm I feel run down. My stomach is starting to hurt a lot. Like, and it's not like cramps or anything like that. She's just like, it's like unbearable pain. And I'm like, Nikki, you, you can't fuck around with that. Especially after what happened. I want you to get out of here. Don't worry about taking leave or anything like that. How, how long was it? Had she been back one month? Oh my gosh. So, uh, I remember seeing her. Yeah. She was so happy about being back. Oh my God. She was like, I'm like, Nikki, you know, I saw her in her office and just smiling ear to ear. And, and I'm like, how you doing? How you feeling? Yeah. And she's like, 
I just want to get to work, man. Yeah. I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Like, just and, so positive about the job. And it changed her perspective on life, obviously. Yeah, it changed. Of course. Uh, she went from more of a discipline, discipline, whatever that is. And then like going out there and just disciplinarian. Locking, yeah. That's mm -hmm. locking people up to then being more of a social worker, more of like, you know, like she had a meaning of life. Like she was like, she didn't want to waste uh, her life and she didn't want people to waste their lives. So, you know, she comes in my office and, um, I said, you know, go to the doctor. Don't worry about taking leave or anything like that. Just go. And like 30 minutes later, 40 minutes later, she calls and she's crying on the phone and she's like, it's back. And I'm like, I mean, it's back. And she's like, it's, it's back. I said, okay, when's your next doctor's appointment? She goes, I got an emergency appointment tomorrow. So, you know, I go with her cause mom flew back and I went with her and, um, she's like, can you be in the room with me when I get the results? And I'm in the room and, She's like, uh, the doctor's like, it's, it had moved from one area and just spread through her whole entire body. And she was like, um, I'm going to beat it. We'll just do chemo. We'll do mm -hmm. radiation. We'll do all that stuff. And the doctor was like, I don't think Nikki, I don't think you understand that the fight is over. Like this is it. And, um, it was tough, man. It was tough. Uh, she, um, she still wanted to do radiation and do all that stuff. And they told her that it would shorten her life. And, um, so while she was alive, her parents, they drove, they flew down and, uh, her first folks asked me while she was alive to start making all of her funeral arrangements. I went and I picked out the casket. I picked out the funeral home. I picked out all the all the stuff, which is extremely morbid because the person is still alive, mm -hmm. you know, and it was, uh, it was tough. It was really, really tough. I went there, uh, every day, um, chief that we had at the time, um, you know, called me every single day to make sure that I was okay, that she was okay, that she had everything. And during that time, there were, there were commanders around us that had ulterior motives, there were people that were circling the drain, um, using it more of um, elevation or more to, mm. to get in the chief's uh, eyes. Yeah, it was it was very ridiculous. very disconcerting. What the, a disgrace! Yeah, and that would, let me tell you, one of the most uncomfortable conversations I ever had with her was, um, she had told me who she didn't want at her funeral. Wow, which is tough because you got to be that guy. Like mm. you, you got to be that guy. That's like, listen, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're an asshole. <laughs> and then, you know, she don't want you there. And the thing is, it's, it's very, man. And she was loved by all. Yeah. Yeah. Her work ethic was fucking her legacy still lives on, man. Yeah. Phenomenal officer, bro. Yeah. Squared the fuck away. Yeah. And for her to say, I don't want you there. Phew. Yeah. You, you know, you, you know, you don't, if I was that guy, I'd be crying. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she, uh, she, you know, she went down pretty downhill pretty quickly. It, w it was, you know, she, you know, they had her medicated and all that stuff. And, um, I still remember, you know, she was just like, she was at the end and she was fighting, you know, she's fighting, fighting, fighting. Cause this is how she was. She was just tough. And, um, I remember 
she's fighting it. And then I remember going over to her house and I remember like sitting next to her bed. And I remember saying, you know, everything's done. Everything's planned. Everything's done. I did everything that you asked me to do. Um, you know, I'm going to take care of your parents. Everything's going to be all right. You don't have to fight anymore. And it was probably one of the hardest things that I ever had to do was try and convince her, um, to go like basically just say, you know, just give up. And she passed away that night. And, um, you know, her mom called me and then I came down there. I called the funeral home. They came down, they picked her up and, uh, didn't think much of it. Didn't cry. I didn't do, you know, I wasn't sad. I wasn't anything because now I had to worry about 12 other people. Mm -hmm. I had to worry about my guys. I had to worry about how they were going to take it. And to back up, I had a, I had an awesome Lieutenant at the time. Uh, Lieutenant, um, told me, he was like, the only thing I want from you every day is to check in with me and let me know that you're okay. And I don't want to see you here. I want you at her house every single day. Yeah. And he didn't, he, he didn't bother me. He didn't micromanage me. He let me be with her for those amount of times. Um, and it worked, you know, it, it helped. Um, no. Uh, and, and, and it, it was good. You know, it was, it was good cause he was, he was supportive. So comes the funeral time. Um, I'm still worrying about my guys. Um, the decision is made that they're going to be the pallbearers. Um, guys are just wrecked. They're just wrecked. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have the funeral. A couple of commanders had some choice conversations with me that um, I was trying to treat it like a line of duty death um, and was very, very upsetting. I didn't, I didn't really entertain it. I, I really, I was kind of in a fog. Like I just was just like, Yep. Didn't really know what the fuck was going on, you know. Like the the wake happened, the viewing happened. Hardly anybody showed up to the funeral, which was just embarrassing. Mm -hmm. It was it was a disgrace. Uh, I was angry more than anything. Again, didn't show it. I had to w worry about my guys, had to worry about her parents. I had to worry about a lot of things that were going on. I had a lot of opposition behind my back, you know, about having you know a motor unit and having you know yeah uh, you know. Uh, you know, um, military was there. Military yeah. they did um, a great job. Yeah, but that took a lot of fight because they didn't want to give her a full honors funeral from the U.S. Army. And no dig against the military, but they didn't treat her right at all. We had to get John McCain involved, and then you know, John mm -hmm. McCain got involved, and he fucking we had everything there. I mean, it was wow. like fucking full brigade there. Um, I remember. Right. So again, um absorbing it i'm worrying about everything she's in the ground uh i go back over to her house meet her parents there and they're like hey we got her gun we got her badge we got all this stuff what do we do with it i'm like well the badge will be our honor to give it to you you keep it and the gun unfortunately i need to take back the gun is just with the gun the gun is mm -hmm. with the gun three magazines all the ammunition right so I get the gun. I'm like, I'm a tough guy. I don't need any time off. Um, I'm just going to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I go to work, first day back at work. Um, 
Oh, let me back up. That's not accurate. So I call my captain at the time, uh, who happens to be um, part of the critical incident scene management team. And I say, hey, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off because I just went through this entire three months and I need to get my house mm-hmm. in order. I need to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I shit you not, Mike. The response I got was, don't be a little bitch. Get back to work. You don't need two weeks off. Go back to work. Swear to you. Is that person still here? Yeah, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So I go back. Now I'm forced to go back. Um, So I go back. My first day back, uh, go to property. Um, I go up to the window. Who is at the window Mm -hmm. behind me is... Uh, at the time, Detective Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike and I, when he was a detective, we didn't really get to see each other a lot. He yeah. worked upstairs. I worked downstairs. You know, just things, you know, you just, you're in the same building, but you're apart. And um, Mike's awesome. Mike uh, was part of the union at the time. He had this beautiful flag made up, which is behind my computer over here that her family gave me. Um, supportive through the whole entire thing. Awesome. So I'm at the window and I'm like, Hey Mike, how are you? He's like, Hey, how you doing? Are you all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm good. I'm fucking rock solid, bro. And he's like, Oh, all right. You know, and, uh, never forget this. Uh, and I had to remind Mike about this like uh, last week, I think yeah. or two weeks ago. And, yeah. um, because somebody had made a comment about like our bromance and I don't, this story will let you know how my connection to Mike is aside from episode one, where he yeah. delivered my washer and dryer. Um, I'm at the the window and I don't know what it was, but I put her gun down on the desk and I just look at it and, uh, the, the property court comes over and she goes, um, where's the box for it? And I go, I don't have the box. And she goes, what do you mean? You lost the box? And I said, this isn't my gun. And she's like, well, whose gun is it? Why do you have another person's gun? I go, this is officer Clara that passed away. This is her gun. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, she doesn't have the box. And I lost it. Just fucking lost mm-hmm. it at the, and I, I was like, just take the fucking gun. You don't need a fucking box. And I just broke down, started crying, mm-hmm. crying at the window. And I'll never forget. Mike grabbed me from behind. Uh, and he took me and he was like, come with me, come with me. And, um, I walk away. And he takes me down like this hallway and he's like, you know, you're right. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me. Like I, I just lost it. And, um, Bobby coming in here and talking about his thing, um, him bearing his soul took me three years, January 30th. will be three years since, uh, we lost her and I've not been able to talk about it. I've not thought about it. I'm I just don't. I've always kind of let it go. I still have all of her text messages. Every time I get a new phone, I make sure it syncs. And every once in a while, I'll go back and I'll read the text messages between her and I. Her last final final days are still in there. And I read them. And I'm telling my story not because of sympathy. And I'm not telling my story because um, we're just trying to fill up time. I'm telling my story because it's called compassion fatigue. 
and it's a real thing. It's when you just uh, just store everything and, and, and you want to help and you want to help and you want to help. It took me three years to get this out. I haven't told this story in three years. And I got to tell you, telling it is like, it's a huge weight off of my shoulder. Um, when Mike and I, when I told Mike, I was ready to tell this story and we sat down, I went into uh, my music file. I still have her playlist from the funeral and I haven't touched that playlist since January 30th, three years ago. Um, so I've experienced that. I know what it's like. I know you got to talk to people. And, and I had so many people come to me and go, you know, when you got to talk to somebody and I was like, ah, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And they were like, if you don't talk to somebody, when you crash, you're going to really crash. Mm-hmm. And then the year went by and I was like, ah, I'm good. I'm no big deal. Two years goes by. Almost three years. When I left my department, when I resigned from my department and I was coming back and the way that I came back and the way that I was treated when I came back, that's when it all came crashing down. Because I had buried an officer from that agency. I had done something that hadn't been done a very, very long in that long time in that agency. And I never asked for anything. I never asked for time off. Mm-hmm. I never asked for a medal or certificate, a plaque or anything. And that's not what it's about. But the time I needed my agency to be there for me wasn't there for me. And that mm-hmm. is what really, really resonated was I did this sacrifice and I, I, I went through this mental turmoil. If you have never, ever had somebody that worked for you or you've worked with somebody and have seen them get carted away in a body bag, it's the most chilling thing you'll ever see in your yeah. life. It's the most depressing thing I've ever seen in my life because she was there and then she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And I thought I, owe, I was owed a little bit more of a debt of gratitude from an agency that I did that for. And I still believe that. Mm-hmm. And when I have people like behind me in the agency, commanders in particular, that backdoor fuck me, this is the stuff that I think about. Yeah. Because how quickly for, we forget about those sacrifices, how yeah. quickly we forget about, you know, less than three years ago, I was taking care of one of your own. So I... I'll share a little bit about Clara. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before, we we she her laugh was contagious, bro. Yeah, I loved her laugh. It was great. She was such a kind-hearted person. Yeah, but she was a badass. You yeah, know what I mean, oh, she'll um, fuck you up. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Yeah, and she was always there. She was always backing people up. She was always present. Um, you know, just a rock star, man. But yeah. when she got sick, you know, I was trying to make it a point to come down. I mean. You were never there because you were always with her and doing yeah. everything else. But I would always come down and, hey, you know, how's this going? How's that going? How's she doing? Um, and guys would be like, oh, you know, she's fighting. She's fighting. Yeah. Um, I still keep all her texts, too. Yeah. And that's something. Yep. Yeah. I, I still have them. It's on my work phone right now. Yeah. I still, I could have traded my work phone, got a new upgrade and everything else. It's still our last text back and forth. Yeah. Um, conversation that we had um, up until the day that she passed and every time she'd use smiley face emojis and shit bro yeah and I know she wasn't doing good no 
And she would always say, I'm, I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I'm yeah. doing all right, Mike. I'm doing all right. I knew she wasn't. She's fucking dying. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And watching her go through it was like the most painful thing. And yeah. I, 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 and it's something dawned on me when you were talking. So I came back. I left as a sergeant. I came back as an officer. Um, before I left and before she passed, she made me promise that I would take the lieutenant's process. Um, she passed in January. The lieutenant's process was in April. I scored top, top three. I don't know where in three, but it was top three. I died on that list. They didn't promote anybody. Fine. I left. I come back, come back. They just announced a new lieutenant's process, which even though I'm an officer, I'm eligible to take it. Mm -hmm. So fulfilling the promise that I made her. I put in again mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I hear rumblings behind my back from fellow sergeants, fellow commanders. And you don't know the backstory. You yeah. don't know. It's not just me fucking with the agency. It's not just me turning around, want to want to be funny and put in for a Lieutenant position from an officer, which is kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, it is funny, right? It's a, it's a fulfillment of a promise that I made. Yeah. That's why I'm doing it. Not like I need to justify it with anybody. Right. And the chief, the chief wasn't there. This chief that we have wasn't there. He doesn't know. And, and none of his commanders is around him are going to tell him anything because they don't know. They never asked. Yeah. yeah. And, and my, my whole thing is, is that compassion fatigue is a real thing. You go through a traumatic incident, uh, kind of like detective seals, uh, you know, guys, from Jersey city and surrounding that are listening to the podcast, talk to each other, yeah. um, talk to each other, reach out to us, uh, bluehelp.org. I don't care who you do, but don't do what I did. Don't wait until 2023 and you're sitting there, uh, and you're at rock bottom and, and you, and you're telling it to a therapist, but you're trying to undo three years worth of damage. Um, the residual effects from that are just, I mean, I have PTSD just from that funeral. Like, yeah, I still, there are certain things that I can't, I can't do because of that. This doesn't make me a bitch or anything. It's just, it was a traumatic time. Um, and I still have, and I got to get over it. I still have lingering opinions about certain commanders in this place because of the way that they acted during that time. And a true leader, a true commander, you can tell what type they are when the chips are down and it's a bad, bad situation, like a funeral or an officer died, and it doesn't matter whether or not it's a line of duty or it was cancer, you treat mm -hmm. them the same. They're a member of an agency. Uh, you know, who the fuck cares if they get a motor escort and they died of cancer? Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Who cares if who cares if two fire trucks want to park and put an American flag outside of a funeral home, but she died of cancer? Right. Those are the kind of discussions that were had mm -hmm. behind closed doors. Like that's crazy. Why are we blocking off a uh, major interstate to go to the f to go to the fucking thing? And we have a commander. The funeral was supposed to be an hour long, and this commander turns around and is like, uh, "An hour is too long. Make it thirty minutes." And because we made it thirty minutes, we missed the window with Virginia State troopers to block off the interstate so that we had a straight run to the uh, to remember. the fucking. I remember. Yeah, it's fucking there. terrible. You know, it was hard. It's too long. When we went to the when I went to the funeral. Um, I was in investigations at the time. Mm -hmm. I was a detective. I came down, uh, me and another detective went over. We took, I said, Hey, you riding over. We were riding over to the church. We're like, yeah, let's go over to the church. And, um, 
I see detectives sitting at their fucking desk. Yeah. It's disgraceful. And I'm like, hey, you're not going to the funeral? Oh, the uh, when's the funeral? Because it was the wake and then, you know. Yeah. I said, well, the wake was before. And I was like, we're going to the wake. We're heading over. Oh, I got it. Really, bro? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? And I even made the. No, I was, remember, because hold on real yeah. quick. I got in the car. We went over there. And I saw I saw you and the wife. And um, I think we saw each other. I, I don't think we could keep it together, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, I gave was, you the flag. I gave you her flag. I was fine. Yeah, that was almost like, wrecked me. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was I, like, here, show the flag to the family. Remember? Yeah. And um, I made a union flag. What it, what it is, is I made a flag on behalf of the union and presented it to their union. It's my favorite picture. With their, bar, that last barbecue event that she had in her community. They took yeah. a major group picture and um nikki's in the front of it and i had that thing in a three by five flag and i had to present it to them but i called you Mm -hmm. remember yeah and i was fucking screaming on the phone after the funeral yeah and i was like i yeah you're like like, i can't bro i can't i can't can't do it and i'm like like, what the fuck was that i had to worry about her estate sale i had to worry about the how it was just yeah it was like one thing after another it was like i'll deal with i'll deal with breaking down later on I'll deal with yeah. that later on. I was livid, dude. I was, I was livid. I, I remember sitting in the wake, sitting in the front row by myself and looking back and there were rows and rows of empty seats. Empty seats. <clears throat> it was the kicker, embarrassing. One chief, one deputy chief. Yeah. Was it yeah. not? Yeah. And at the time we had four deputy chiefs. I don't want to go on a ramp, but that just that I don't want to always circle it back to that. Mm-hmm. But those are the kind of things that leave that lasting impression that never leave you. Well, it was kind of good because she didn't want one of them there anyway. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Anyways. we're going to take a bright break and we'll come right back. And Claire. And welcome to Drunk Medical Stories, a podcast where two women who definitely aren't doctors discuss wild medical stories. With the aid of medicinal beverage of the boozy variety, this podcast is rated explicit for language and adult content. And we also do recommend a strong stomach, as we will be discussing the occasional graphic medical condition, such as hashtag assfish. Don't treat syphilis with malaria. You will learn why you never go from zero to mango. Hashtag drunk ass. <laughs> yes. So if you're interested in two women getting drunk and giggling uncontrollably over medical stories found on Reddit, this is the podcast for you. So come on, come over to Drunk Medical Stories. Have a laugh, a drink, and you could learn something. And if you would like more content, check us out on our Facebook group, Drunk Medical Stories Podcast, and we're on Twitter at DMS Pod. 
In a teaser, you shouldn't give something away. All I'm going to say is that it involves a frozen fish that went up somebody's rectum, then thawed, and could not come back out. And I just want you to picture that person on their stomach with the tail of a fish sticking out of their rectum. And if that doesn't make you laugh, this podcast probably isn't for you. If it does make you laugh, I highly recommend tuning in. The Drunk Medical Stories. All right, we are back from break. Oh, man. Folks, thanks uh, Thanks for letting me go on a 29-minute on a, uh, therapy rant. Um, you know, I hold on to that for almost three years, man. I, I feel I'm probably going to sleep really, really good tonight because... Um, I haven't talked about her. I think every time somebody um, talks about her, I kind of change the subject. Um, and I and I shouldn't. That's not the right way to do it. Um, and if I could tell my story and somebody else is having the same kind of story or somebody had a line of duty death and they were, it was their friend or spouse or coworker or whatever, um, you know, you got to get help. You, you you just do because now I'm trying to undo three years worth of stuff. I mean, you got to honor that person, man, and that's what you're doing. You're honoring her legacy, you know. Yeah. Um, the legacy, the theme of our last episode, but this is the kind of legacy, you know, just like Detective Seals, man. Those guys want to honor him, honor his kids. Yeah. Those kids are a part of him. Yeah. Without him, those kids wouldn't be here. Take care of those kids, I man. He's got five of them. Yeah. And I, a lot of guidance and a lot of coaching, and just a lot of help, not yeah. just financially. And the other thing I want you to take out of it is, is I want you to always, every year, I want you to go look at your benefits. I want to I want you to look at what your beneficiaries are, who's on there. Uh, because if you've been divorced, uh, spouse has passed away, unfortunately, or significant other has passed away, you need to update that stuff. I can, I can go into stories about what happened after the funeral. Uh, it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. Um you know, family's family until money is involved. And, and then they're just, they're vultures, man. It's just that people come out of the woodwork and, you know, everyone wants a slice of that pie. Uh, and if you don't make those preparations, because cops are terrible at that stuff. I got a, I got a uh, captain at my agency um, that pushes people to go get their will done. And it's for free. It's for yeah, free. You don't yeah. even pay for it. And nobody ever gets it done. Poor guy spends his time, goes to roll calls. He's like, hey, Get your shit done. I'll give you 50 bucks if you do it. The guy's hmm. willing to give money for you to do it. And people don't do it. You got to get a will. Uh, you're in a profession where where you yeah. roll the dice every single day. And if you don't have a, a will, a living will is another thing. Um, you know, God forbid you, you know, you're out on the job and, and you get, uh, God forbid you get shot or you get hurt or you fall and you're incapacitated, and they got you hooked up to a machine, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 your your mental capacity is gone. Well, do you want to live like that? Well, mm. if you if you say no right now, or you say yes right now, does your significant other know that? Yeah. Do you have a legal document that says mm. I am giving this person the right to make decisions for me, and I want this? I don't want to be on a machine, or I do want to be on a machine. You know. These little things, you got us. You're in a profession. You young guys that are out there that are listening to this, you guys think you're untouchable yeah, and all Teflon. that stuff. You think you're Teflon, and you probably are for a while. Uh, and you're like, oh, I don't have a wife, I don't have a girlfriend or anything. You owe it to your parents. You owe it to somebody to give some guidance when something happens to you. 
because you don't know what's going to fucking happen. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. And I hate to be all gloom and doom, but guys and girls out there, don't wait. Don't wait. Because I'm telling you, Until it's, it's not, a, yeah, yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun to be sitting in a hospital when you're on your deathbed and trying to find somebody to notarize a will for you. It was terrible. It was yeah. the worst fucking thing I had to do. Yeah. It's terrible. You know, the other thing is we've had, um, we had an officer, you know, I've talked about Stip before. Yeah. Um, he was battling cancer. He beat it, came back, killed him. Um, but I remember him, man. They were, um, he was still, he was dealing chemo, man, and he was still working the street. Yeah, that's crazy. And I'm like, why is this guy, why haven't they put him in an office somewhere? Yeah, that's crazy. And not because he's a bad guy. He was a good guy. He's solid, but take care of your people, man. Yeah, that's terrible. Pull him off the street. You know what guy's dealing with? And, and now, granted, I may not know the backstory. Maybe he didn't want to yeah. because it kept his mind off it and he wanted to work the road. Yeah. But he wore it. Yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, you all right, bro? Like, yeah. we run calls together, and I would, he'd be like, ah, oh, it's just, I said, I got it. Yeah. Go in your car and wait. I got it. Hold on to the call as long as you need to, bro. Yeah. I got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm but that's take what it. separates you, Mike, from other people. I mean, but they're, they're, they're not then, everybody. And then another guy, there was another guy that had it, <clears throat> recently retired. Mm-hmm. No one liked this guy. Yeah. I know you know who he is. Yep. Motors guy. No one liked this guy at all. But guess what? When he was battling stage three cancer, I made it a point. Yeah. Always go down. The guy looked like, you know, he was like 100 pounds soaking wet. Probably yeah. like 220 solid down to like 100 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. And I would always make it a fucking point to go down there and be like, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. You need anything? Yeah. You all right? Same. His all, all right? his cubicle was down yeah. from my office. I would come down from investigation yeah. just to look for him, and he'd be sitting there at his desk, quiet in civilian clothes, and I'd be, i just check in. Hey, man, shoot the shit with him for 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, That's bro. All it you takes, don't need man. to do anything else. And, and the thing is, everyone, like, I mean, when I was young in the agency and young in this profession, it was very... We don't, we're not really in tune with our feelings. We don't really talk about things. We're not like, we're like, man, that's tough. Everyone can get in a room and be like, that's sad. That's tough. That's yeah, sad. Yeah. Oh, you heard about so-and-so, but no one's talking to so-and-so yeah. about what they're fucking dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> there was another incident where an officer lost a kid mm. and I couldn't, I couldn't face him. And I fed shit hurt me, man. I cut, I don't, what do you say? Yeah. I couldn't, I was at, I couldn't say anything to the guy, but I know I should have. You know what I learned from, I should have, you know what I learned from, from Nikki's incident is when somebody loses somebody or somebody's battling a terminal illness, don't ask them how they're doing. Yeah. Because I would sit next to her while people would come over and visit and they would leave and she would go, I wish people would just stop asking me how I'm doing. Just talk to me yeah, about something else. Just talk to me yeah. about. That's everyone's default. Though. It is. They but you know what I wound up doing after that was I would pre, I would prepare them. Like I would yeah, text them and be like, her. listen, when you come here, don't ask her how she's doing. Don't ask her any of that stuff. Talk about the nationals. Talk about right the fucking Packers. I, I mean, I don't, right, whatever. Right, right, Just right, talk right. about something else. Um, but that's my advice. Mm. Um so um, I would say it to say, you know, take care of each other, man. Have those meaningful conversations. We could talk about everything from, man, nothing's on the record. Everything's off the record when you talk to cops. Yeah. I mean, we we yeah. talk about <laughs> each and everything under the sun. Yeah. Uh, from from in the streets, in your home, in your bedroom, and where, so on and so forth. Yeah. 
you know, your childhood, whatever, your parents, but we don't talk about these meaningful things and we miss the mark and we really got to make sure we're checking in on each other and, and making it count, man, because we're all we got. Yeah, I agree. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, check us out on rollcallroom.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Pandora Radio now. We're on iHeartRadio. Uh, we're on all your podcast platforms. Uh, go on iTunes. Subscribe to the Roll Call Room podcast. Leave us a review. Um, and watch out for each other. And if you need any help, reach out to bluehelp.org. I'm in a hotel with you. You were talking deep like it was mad love to you. You wanted my heart, but I just liked your tattoos. Put it down, so I put it down. And now I don't understand it. You don't mess with love, you mess with the truth. And I know I should. All right, fans, thanks so much for tuning in to another great episode of The Roll Call Room. I want to remind you that uh, we are on YouTube. Go on our YouTube channel and subscribe. We're also on Twitter at Roll Call Room. We're also on Facebook at Roll Call Room Podcast. We're also on Instagram. Uh, we're always asking for you guys to go on iTunes and rate us a five star with a comment. Um, helps us climb the charts. Uh, don't forget to check out bluehelp.org. Uh, if you're struggling out there um, and you need somebody to talk to, we'd highly recommend them. Don't forget about our nonprofit, um, tagfink.com. Uh, we got some great shows coming up soon, and uh, we love hearing from you guys. So please email us at nick at rollcallroom.com or mike at rollcallroom.com. And always take care of each other, look out for each other, and check on each other.